I'm going to read from the 130th Psalm and Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Invite you to open your Bibles uh, if you'd like, as we will be referring to some of those verses along the way. And I invite you to stand if you're able, as I read aloud from God's Word. From the 130th Psalm, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. More than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Before I move to the Matthew scripture, I might mention to you that I was raised on the King James Bible and uh, in my early ministry memorized this verse uh, which read, For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him there is plenteous redemption. I love that phrase plenteous redemption and mercy. Now from Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, from the Beatitudes, the blesseds of Jesus' opening of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. What does God have to tell us this morning? What does God have to show us this morning about mercy? May God bless this word to our hearts. You may be seated. A church member walked up to his new pastor one day and said, Pastor, I want you to know something. That every Sunday as you stand up to preach, you're going to see us in our clean Sunday clothes. That's putting pressure on, right? Clean Sunday clothes. And you're going to see us with our smiles. But he said, Pastor, don't let that fool you. Inside, underneath every heart, there's a tiny bucket full of tears. And I think this morning, as I look out on my congregation, that's true. That for all of our smiles and clean Sunday clothes, we each have a bucket underneath our hearts that's full of tears. We need mercy so badly. I need mercy. You need mercy. We all need mercy. Right after the uh, shootings in South Carolina, I was actually at the CBF General Assembly in Dallas when that occurred. One of my friends posted on Facebook two words, Kyrie eleison. Latin for, Lord, have mercy on us. We all need mercy. Our nation needs mercy. Our world needs mercy so desperately. Mercy is one of those words that we use all the time, and we rarely take time to study or review or reflect on. In the Hebrew Old Testament, the word mercy comes from a root word that meant the womb, that which holds and nurtures the unborn baby. 
and how appropriate that the womb, the mother's nourishing, sheltering, protecting presence would be the root word for a description of God's mercy. The word mercy in Hebrew is kana, and it also has as it, at its root the idea of bending toward, favoring or leaning toward, that is to stoop and to show kindness. And that led me to a beautiful phrase by the great theologian Karl Barth. He said, God's mercy is this, God's grace leaning toward us. Mercy is God's grace that is inclining or tilting toward us. It's one thing to talk about God being a God of grace, but His mercy is is when that grace tilts toward us. Bart went on and said that God's readiness to show mercy springs from God's nature because God is mercy and stamps all of His being and doing with mercy. Did, Did you catch that? It's not just that mercy is an add-on, supplemental option for God or about God, but mercy is the essence of God's being, so that all of God's being and doing, all of those things are, are a reflection of God's personality, which is mercy. Everything about God is mercy, and there's no being or doing of God without that mercy. There are a lot of Bible verses that use the word mercy or touch on the theme of mercy, and I want to show you a few of those right now. The first is the 51st Psalm that we read a lot during Lent, but at other times, uh, too, it's the great penitential Psalm, Have mercy on me, O God. Psalm 69, 16 from the message, let me see your great mercy full face. Then that famous one from Lamentations 3, 22, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. There is a, there is a freshness and a refreshing power of God's mercy. That famous verse, Micah 6, 8, what does the Lord require of us but to do justice and to love mercy? Matthew 9, 27, the two blind men cried out, Have mercy on us, son of David. Luke 18, the publican, uh, the tax collector, and the, uh, and the Pharisee were both praying, but the, but the tax collector cried out, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, God is the Father of mercies and the God of all consolation. Just think of it. God not only is merciful, but he's the Father of of all mercies. And then in Ephesians 2, but God who is rich in mercy, not just barely enough mercy, but God is rich and overflowing with mercy over and over and over again, this amazing theme of mercy. And I, and I think uh, a book that's recently been published on the theme of mercy uh, helped me a lot because it, it said that, that if most of us have a too small an image of God and that if you study and reflect on God's mercy, it will actually expand your understanding of God and who God is. Most of us have a contracted view of who God is, mean or, or vindictive or, 
only about God's justice, but, but to expand our notion of God, that God is a God of mercy. And along with that, if we understand mercy, we're going to have a better understanding of how it is we're supposed to live the Christian life. Now, the scriptures that I read to you a moment ago, the uh, 130th Psalm begins, Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. That's where a lot of us live our lives, in the depths. God is in the heights. He inhabits eternity, but out of the depths we cry. That's when we need mercy. That's when we know we need mercy. It's when we feel ourselves in the depths. What was it that Corey Ten Boom said? She said, no matter how deep the pit, our God can always reach deeper. That's God's mercy, that he can always deep down, reach down and deep down. And, you know, I want to begin at the beginning and just simply acknowledge how courageous the psalmist was to acknowledge the depths. Because if a lot of us want to hide and pretend like everything's all smiley okay, and the psalmist says, I'm in pain. I'm in the depths. See, God does not want us to hide it or hold on to it. God wants us to be real about it. And so the psalmist models that for us and says, out of the depths I cry, and I acknowledge my need for mercy. See, it's when we're honest with God that we find out how personal God is, that God cares about us, that we matter to God, that, that our troubles are significant to God, and that, that God wants to take our problems seriously. I had an experience with God's mercy recently when my dad died, and I decided that the Lord wanted me to bear witness to it with you, my family. Uh, it was early in the grief process, and I was really struggling. And I, most of you here can identify with that. My grief was not unique. Uh, and I was really struggling. I was lying on the sofa, and I decided to reread some verses of Scripture about God's mercy, about God's comfort, about God's TLC. See, there's a difference between actually reading those verses and just thinking about them. You can think, well, 23rd Psalm, God, God's probably got some help for me. It's not the same thing as reading it and hearing the words in your own heart. Uh, Isaiah 41, don't just think them. I actually opened my Bible and read them. James chapter 1, 2 Corinthians 12, those promises of healing and comfort. And I felt myself being healed and refreshed by the mercies of God. It's true what the book of Lamentation says, that his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. There is this refreshing quality to God's mercy. And I, I felt a, a pivot, a turning in my grief, a, a healing begin, because there is that refreshing quality to, to God's mercy. And sometimes, folks, Sometimes we need to just stop and let God love us. We need to just stop and let God love us. 
Lewis Smedes was a, a great theologian, and he said, you know, most of us like to keep our hearts locked up, but God knows the combination to the lock of our hearts, and he can spin that combination off quicker than we know. And God can, can open our hearts if we're willing and open to his mercy. If we'll let God love us. And I want to hasten to add that this psalm and all of Scripture makes it sure, uh, make sure we understand there's no conflict between God's mercy and whether or not God takes sin seriously. Yes, sin is taken seriously in this verse. It's God's mercy, his steadfast love, he has power to redeem. He will redeem Israel from all iniquities. God takes our sin seriously. God takes our mistakes seriously. But the truth is that his mercy is the greater truth that gives a context that says that's not the end of the story. Yes, your sins are real. Yes, your sins can separate you from God, but they don't have to. His mercy is the greater truth. That's the message of the cross. That's the message of the resurrection, that his his mercy is a greater truth than the reality of our sin. And this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ personally, you can open your life and and experience that forgiveness and mercy. But there's a second part to God's mercy. And Kristen talked about it in the children's time. The Bible talks about it. There's a balance. It's not just are we open to receiving God's mercy, but are we open to sharing God's mercy with others? Not just receiving God's mercy, but living God's mercy. Because Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And uh, somebody translates that, joyful are those who practice compassion in action. Blessed are those who practice compassion in action, for they shall receive God's compassion. We, We like the first part of that formula, don't we? God be merciful to me, a sinner. But then the practicing of mercy is not quite so easy. Remember that uh, scene in uh, Shakespeare's play, The Merchant of Venice, uh, where Portia is crying out to Shylock for uh, mercy. And, and she says this. Here's these lines that some of us memorized in high school or college. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. It's twice blessed. Now, who knew you were going to get Shakespeare in a church on a Sunday morning? And especially in the summertime when you're not supposed to have to be thinking about school. But, you know, Shakespeare knew what he was talking about. He'd read the Bible. And that's so true. And that's so beautiful. Pope Francis has uh, written a lot and talked a lot in his ministry even before he became Pope about mercy. It's one of his life themes. In fact, in Spanish, he's from Argentina, 
he coined a new word. He says we need to let ourselves be mercied. Kind of what I was saying earlier about letting ourselves be loved by God. But the other thing that he said about mercy that I, that I found so interesting, he said that practicing mercy allows us to see other people differently because we put ourselves in their shoes. Practicing mercy improves our view of others because it allows ourselves uh, to put uh, allows us to put ourselves in their shoes. And think how our nation could be different if we could learn to live mercy and put ourselves in the shoes of underprivileged or those who have suffered because of race or because of ethnicity. To put ourselves in the place of others who are hurting, who are sick, or who are, who are broken, instead of judging harshly. Think how our world could be different if we'd live mercy. And speaking of that, what is, in every survey, the big knock that unchurched people have against the church? And what is the big knock that every person who's given up on church, who used to come and who's quit? What's the big knock? I mean, you can put different words to it. You can use fancy phrases, but what it usually comes down to is the big knock that people have who are turned off by the church is that the church does not live mercy. They experience judgment. They experience harshness. They experience holier-than-thou or criticism. But for the church to live mercy would be the greatest evangelistic experience we could have. To really live mercy. And I found this verse, you know, I was sort of, the last few months been, had my mercy radar up, and when I'd come across a verse, I found this verse I'd never studied before, and it's tucked away, almost in the back of the Bible, this little book of Jude that only has one chapter. In fact, because it's only one chapter, there's no, there's no chapter like Jude chapter 1. It's Jude verses 21 and 22. Listen to what he says. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's that letting ourselves be loved. And have mercy on some who are wavering, those who have dropped out of church or those who are doubting, those who won't come into the faith because they're wavering. He says, have mercy on them. We're not to be condescending toward the wavering. We're not to be judgmental toward the wavering. We're not to, to, to act in a way that, that uh, demeans them and makes them less than human or less than loved by God. We are to live mercy to them. To show them Jesus. So, you know, uh, those broken people you see, those broken people in your life? Do you hear what they're really saying to you? They're saying, 
would you please just love me? You know those annoying people in your life? Those angry people in your life? Those people who hurt you deep down? They just want to be loved? You know those people who are poor? People who are hungry in our world? They need to be loved. And those people who are different skin color or speak differently or smell differently or aren't like us, they're not, first of all, other. They're, first of all, gods. And they're just crying out to be loved. They're simply asking would you just love me? I've been battered around so much. Would you please just be tender with me? Would you please just show me forgiveness? And would you please just show me God's mercy? God's mercy. 